Amen. Amen. Hey guys, well, welcome tonight, and I'm so privileged to be here and so excited about uh, what God has done here at Hope Church. I was here on those first couple of days where we were talking about uh, this church and what its future was going to be. And uh, I know in the first anniversary graphic you guys did, there's a picture of the first uh, Sunday that Aaron and I came over here in May, I think, of 2022. And, um, and Lindy and, and, uh, uh, was here and, and Danny and a few others, but there were just a few others, really, just a few others. And uh, it's super exciting to see what God has done. And uh, I, I, wanna, I just want to say a few things, if I could, before we get started. You can take your Bibles and go to Philippians chapter 1. I want to say that something like this, a church being reborn, is not possible without a few things that need to take place. Number one, obviously, God has to work in a powerful way. And so for those of you that are here, for those of you this is your church, you're seeing God transform a church, seeing God work, and it's just extraordinary. The second thing... I would say is it takes it takes a good solid church, um, and I want to thank all the people from River City that are here tonight that uh, over these last really eighteen months have given, have served um, so much money, time, and energy has been poured into this campus, and uh, and that's not possible without a church that really cares about souls and cares about uh, you know people, and I'm just so uh, couldn't couldn't be any any happier. And then and then I want to say also specifically. Uh, to those who are here serving that are from River City, and this is now your church home. And that is just one of those extraordinary things that people left the comforts of their own church and were willing to come and partner because the need was great. And uh, for those of you that are doing that, we're so grateful that you've done that, and we're grateful that uh, we, uh, we gladly sent you and are so thankful that you're here serving with Pastor Aaron. Uh, and then, um, then, of course, you know, it takes a man takes a man. And, you know, that's Pastor Aaron. And I'm, I want to say how much I appreciate Aaron. Uh, it was hard, hard to give up Aaron uh, as somebody that's been with me for so long and in some ways has not really been replaceable. Uh, and, and, but that's okay because look at what God is doing. Look at what God has done. Uh, Aaron is, is just unique and uniquely gifted guys, uniquely faithful guy. And I want to say there is absolutely no way I would be where I am and our church would be where it is without Aaron. And I think we should thank Aaron for his faith and, and coming. I got a gift for you, Aaron, if you want to come up here. Appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. And uh, you guys are, you, you know, you're blessed and I'm, I'm thankful and, and uh, we, we miss him at River City, but at the same time, this is a family, and we're all together serving the Lord together, and I, I'm so uh, appreciative of that. Uh, I want to challenge you tonight, if I could, from Philippians chapter 1, and I'm going to begin my reading in verse number 20. The Bible says, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always... So now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell, for I am hard pressed between the two 
having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith. Amen. This is God's Word. I want to uh, highlight two words from verse 25, if I could. Uh, and those two words are remain and continue. Remain and continue. Let's pray. Ask God to help us, and then we'll get right into the Word. Lord, we pray, thanking You for this church, thanking You for what You have done. Thank You for what this year will uh, hold. Thank You that folks have been saved and lives have been changed right here at Hope Church. Thank You that a church that was struggling and, and, and near death has been resurrected by Your power. We give You the glory. I pray that we will, both at River City and here at Hope Church, and, and to all those who serve you, I pray our heart would be to remain and continue in those things that you have called us to do. And I do pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. From 1989 to 2018, Masafumi Nagasaki lived isolated on an island off the coast of Japan by himself. 29 years on an uninhabited island. His life was sustained that once a week he would take a boat and he would go across the sea to a nearby island where he was able to buy food and supplies from a settlement that was there. He lived in isolation for 29 years until in 2018, the police of Japan forced him off the island in order to seek medical attention back uh, on the mainland of Japan. Think about it. Here's a guy that wanted to stay, but was compelled against his will to leave. In this story, in the Bible, we find a man who wanted to leave but was compelled by God to stay. Here's a man that was longing to depart this earth, not to go to some remote island somewhere, but literally to go be with his Savior in heaven forever, which is, of course, the destination of all those that put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And while Paul desired to depart and to be with Christ, the Bible says here that there was something else that was compelling him to remain and stay where he was. Now this is quite a few verses in the Bible here where you find someone wrestling with mission and eternity. I mean, here's a guy that knows clear, clearly and well, I am going to be in heaven one day with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, how many of you are looking forward to that? Amen. Amen. So we're all looking forward to that, and we know it's true, and we know it's a biblical promise, and we're, we're all clear on that. But here's a guy that knows that abundantly clear, and yet is wrestling in his heart with the mission that God has called him to do, knowing that when I do go to heaven, my mission or my job here on earth is over. And so as he wrestles through this in verses 19 through 25, his conclusion in verse 25 is this, I am confident that I'm going to remain and continue with you. I'm going to be where I am and do what I do in perpetuity until God calls me home. And I want to tell you, that is a pretty good piece of advice 
for a church on its first anniversary, for a church like ours, getting ready to approach its eighth anniversary with me being there. It is really good advice for parents and husbands and wives and pastors and churches and Sunday school teachers and leaders of all kind. What does God have for you? Listen, I can tell you this. One thing he has for you, stay where you are and continue to do what God wants you to do. That's remain and continue. It's about locality and it's about activity. It's about staying put where God has called you and do continually what God has called you to do. Now, in these verses, Paul gives us four compelling reasons why he was going to remain and continue. Why did Paul have this confidence and why is it that Paul said this? I want to suggest to you four reasons. Number one, I want you to see that I remain and continue because my rest is coming. My rest is coming. I mean, look back, if you will, at verse number 20. Second part where it says, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether it is by life or by death. Uh, verse 21 again, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. In verse 18, Paul talks about, that, that, or excuse me, verse 19, Paul talks about his current circumstances of jail. The difficulty that he's in is, is going to have deliverance because of the people's prayers and so on and so forth. But he was certain of this. He was certain that one day when he drew his last breath on earth, he was going to be in heaven with God forever. So, so why is it that Paul is saying, I can stay and I can continue? And the answer is this. He's saying, I can do that because I know ultimately one day my rest is coming. In other words, one day our burdens are going to be let down. But today is not that day likely. Meaning, until God allows us to lay that burden down, until God allows us to be finished with this race that we are in, we should press on and continue knowing that one day we will rest. And I want you to see a few things here. Uh, first of all, what you see, there's a blessed picture in this story. He says, uh, he says, I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Verse number 23. I have a desire to depart. The picture here is the word depart being a nautical term, which literally means to loose from the dock to hoist up your sail and to sail off into the sunset into a distant land. Now, folks, I cannot think of a better picture of what it's going to be like one day when you and I are done with this life that we are living right now. We are going to pull up our anchors, we are going to hoist up our sails, and we are going to ride into eternity with Jesus forever. This is why Paul says on another occasion in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and verse 6, I am ready to be offered the time of my departure. Same word, is at hand. So we see a blessed picture. Number two, we see a blessed promise. Look at verse 23. I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ. One of the greatest things about heaven, and there's going to be a lot of great things about heaven, but the greatest thing about heaven is that we will get to be with Jesus forever. The one that loved us, the one that died for us, the one that gave himself to us. This is the promise of John 14 and verse 3. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And according to that, the rest of the verse says this, this is far better. So it's a blessed picture, one day we're going to depart. It's a blessed promise, we're going to be with Christ. But it is a blessed preference, because that is going to be far better. 
Now, folks, I don't know what kind of life you're living right now. I don't know what your health is like. I don't know what your family is like. I don't know what your struggles are like. I don't know what your career is like. I don't know what your history is like. I don't know what's going on in your life right now. But I will guarantee you this. Being in heaven with Jesus is going to be far better than what we are experiencing right here, right now in this world. I mean, there is no doubt about it. So what are we to do? We are to, we are to live our lives knowing that we're on our way to a better country, a better land, and until then we are to serve God and stay faithful to what we're doing until that time comes. I look how the song says it. Don't drop a single, single anchor here. We're almost home. Through every toil and danger, we're almost home. How many pilgrim saints have gone on before us? No stopping now. We're almost home. That promised land is calling. We're almost home. Not a tear shall fall then. We're almost home. Make ready now your souls for that kingdom come. No turning back. We're almost home. And then the chorus says this, almost home. We're almost home. So press on toward that blessed shore. Oh, praise the Lord. We're almost home. Listen, friend, don't get too caught up in what's going on around you in this life. You're, you're not going to be here forever. Don't get anchored up too tight in careers and money and stuff and things and people. Don't waste your life on things that don't matter. Keep your bags packed. Keep your eyes on heaven. Keep your anchor loose from this earth. There is a rest coming. It's just not here. No matter how many vacations you take, no matter how many days off you take, no matter how much health you try to uh, give yourself, I'm here to tell you, there is no ultimate and final rest until we're with Jesus. And until then, what do we do? Remain and continue. Number two, not only do we remain and continue because our rest is yet to come, secondly, we remain and continue in order to honor Christ with our lives. You know, folks, there's only one reason you are here today, and that is to honor the Lord Jesus Christ with your life. Look at verse 27. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Back in verse 20, he says this at the end of the life. He says this, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. The point that Paul is making here is while I'm here, my life is going to be a reflection of Jesus Christ. My life is going to, watch this, make Jesus look big. That's what magnify means. It means through your life, view your life like a magnifying glass. And that magnifying glass is on Jesus. So when others see you, they're going to be getting a bigger opinion, a better view of who Jesus is. Now folks, if you're going to be here, if you're going to stay here, and you're not going to heaven yet, there is no better way to spend your life than pointing others to Jesus Christ. Think about it like this. Think of Jesus in some way as a distant star. It may be more brilliant and, uh, than our own sun, but to the human eye, it is just a dim speck in the night sky. To many in this world, that's the same way Jesus is, right? He is, he is the very splendor and majesty of God. He is brighter than a million suns. But to the world, they just don't or can't see him for who he is. So what do they need? They need somebody like you to show them who Jesus Christ is. Is. Now, folks, I want to tell you, if you are here left on this earth, there's only one purpose for you to be here, and that is to exalt 
and magnified Jesus Christ in order to point other people to Him. I heard a story recently of a, a group of businessmen that were out of the country on a, on a travel trip, and they on their return flight, they were coming to this uh, major airport, and they were, they were running behind. They were in a, a super hurry. They all uh, take their cab. They pull up to the, uh, to the departure area of the airport, and they're, they're, they're jumping out, grabbing their bags, and they are hustling down the sidewalk, trying to check in for their flight and get to the, where they're going. And, and uh, I've been in those experiences before where you're just rat racing to try not miss, miss where you're going. And, and on the way, there was a little girl in this, in this foreign country. She was just outside selling apples. And these men were in such a rush that one of them, as they were running by where this girl was, their bag clipped out the uh, little stand where the basket was that was holding her apples. And in one swoop, all of her apples spilled out and banged on the concrete and rolled down into the street. And, and, uh, and, and one of the men was a Christian. And he saw this whole thing take place and he noticed whenever all the apples fell and he's kind of watching this unfold, he noticed that the girl is also blind. And she is on her knees and she is scrapping around for the apples. Likely her only family's livelihood is the selling of these apples from their family apple tree. This man was so convicted of what happened that when they got up to the gate to check in for their flight, he told his guys, I'm going to have to take the next flight home. They had no idea what he was doing. He said, I just, I got to go take care of something. He goes back outside after missing his flight, and this girl is still on her hands and knees, scrounging for the apples that they had dropped. And by now, her face is flooded with tears, and she's quietly whimpering to herself, thinking of all that she lost in this moment. This guy bends down with her, tells her, I'm sorry, I was with the guys that knocked this uh, plate over. I'm here to help you. He grabbed and started grabbing all the apples and put them all back into the basket and set her stand back up and put up. And then he reached in his pocket and he grabbed more than sufficient money to pay for all the apples that she was trying to sell and handed her that money and again apologized for what he did in the middle of this all. The girl finally spoke out and said, Sir, are you Jesus? You know, people need to see Jesus, don't they? Not another marriage that falls prey to selfish desires and broken commitments, but Jesus. Not another social media page that's littered with bitterness, slander, and ingratitude, but Jesus. Not another professing believer without commitment that reflects Jesus' commitment to us. They need to see Jesus. And if I'm going to suck God's air into my lungs every day. I ought to be breathing it back out with praise and profession and a life that witnesses to the glory of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to remain and continue in order to honor Christ with my life. Number three, I'm going to remain and continue because others matter. Folks, people matter. And they should really matter to people that know Jesus. Look at verse 24 again. He says, Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. Here's what I'm struggling with. I'm, I want to go to heaven and be with Jesus, but I need to be here and be with you. So what's the obvious point that Paul is making here? The obvious point that Paul is making is, if I'm going to stay here, although my heart is longing for heaven, there's another pull, and another pull It's not so I can be here for myself, but so I can be here for you. Let me say this to you, friend. 
First of all, you need people. You know, it's interesting in this passage, you've got this two-way street going on. you got Paul talking about how much he prayed for them, and then later in the book he talks about how they prayed for him. Now we know all together and overall, Jesus is praying for all of us. But Paul, this church desperately needed Paul. And Paul desperately needed them. And it's the two-way street of Christian community. In verse number five, for your fellowship and gospel from the first day until now. So, so, so in verse three, he talks about how he prayed for them. But in verse five, he talks about how meaningful their fellowship was to him. And then in chapter four, in verse number 15, he, he says again, now you Philippians know that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared or gave with me concerning giving and receiving, only you. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Now, I know sometimes people in churches will look and say, well, I need a pastor. I need, I need a pastor Aaron in my life. And you do. But he needs you. And the River City people here tonight, you'll be tempted to think, oh, we need Pastor Sam's. So that may or may not be true. But I need you. It's a two-way street, you see? The point that Paul is making is very obvious. Community is why we're here. And we need people, and they need us, and I can talk in terms of praying for one another. I can talk in terms of giving and serving one another. I can talk in terms of witnessing and sharing the gospel one with another. Bottom line is we all need each other. Church is critical, and this is the place where Christians find their community as a family underneath of their heavenly Father. And folks, I'm just telling you, our, our motto, our motto ought to be living for others. Putting others' needs before our own. This is why he gives the great statement in chapter 2 about being like-minded, about not being selfish in our ambitions, but we should be esteeming others better than ourselves. It's a theme of this, of this book. When we are Christ-like, we'll be putting other people's needs before our own. During COVID, and particularly after COVID, there's been quite a bit of challenges and difficulties with flying. And, uh, and there's all kinds of reasons for that. And some of it has to do with, uh, like Southwest Airlines, for instance, not having the infrastructure to properly care for some of the difficulties that they've experienced. And my family was actually caught up in that mess. That was last Christmas, 2022. And what a mess, right? Flights got canceled. There was no, there was no uh, uh, ability to get the different uh, workers and stuff. And their, their infrastructure, their, their, I forget what it's called, their software that runs that part of it all failed. My wife got stuck in Atlanta with, with Adrian and Brent, and, and uh, I had to drive from, from Jacksonville to Atlanta to pick them up on Christmas Day. It was absolutely a nightmare. Flying can be stressful, especially now in this post-COVID world where there's staff shortages and flight cancellations. Recently, Delta Airlines lost 1,000 pieces of luggage at the London Heathrow International Airport. They needed to move this baggage across countries and time zones to return them to their customers. While the passengers were rebooked and returned safely to the U.S., their baggage stayed behind. Now listen to this. So how did Delta respond? Knowing that their customers were important and knowing that their luggage was critically important, they actually loaded up an Airbus 300 with 1,000 bags, no passengers. They took it upon themselves to literally fill an airplane with bags, no people, so that the baggage could be brought back to the owners in the United States. 
They used what they had to care for the people who they were most responsible. Man, I got to tell you, I admire that company for doing what they needed to do in order to take care of the people that they were responsible for. Folks, i got to be honest with you. I'd rather be a lost piece of luggage on Delta Airlines than a struggling church member in the average church. I'd rather be a bag stranded in London than be a lost person within walking distance of the average church because the average church just simply doesn't care. So why are we here? We're here for others. Finally, number four, we remain and continue because... The work is never done. The work is never done. Verse 25, and being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all. Watch this. For your progress and joy of faith. Interestingly, go back to verse 12 of chapter 1 where it says this in verse 12, but I I want you to know, brethren, that the things that have happened unto me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, the word furtherance there in verse 12 and the word advance, excuse me, the word um, uh, progress in verse 25 are the same words. Now in verse 12, the word means the gospel reaches more people. But in verse 25, it talks about how the gospel reaches more of me. You see the difference? See, there's this, there's this issue that the gospel should continue to advance. Now, folks, even in a city like this where so many people go to church, I got to tell you, I, I, am, I am staggered. The average person that I talk to that comes in the doors of our church, even, even if they have been in church their entire lives, I mean, they, 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 I mean they, they wouldn't know the difference between the real Jesus and Buddha if it, if it slapped them in the head. A city like this needs Jesus. Folks, there is not a place on this earth earth that doesn't need Jesus. That's why churches are so important. That's why Christians are so important. What am I saying? I'm saying the work is never done. The advancement of the gospel will never be done. We will never finish that job. So we've got to continue and remain doing what we're doing because the gospel's got to get further than it is right now. But watch this. Uh, on On another level, the gospel's got to get further in me. Your progress your progress. He's not talking about getting saved. He's talking about your growth. Now, folks, why do we remain and continue? Yeah, people need to be saved for sure, but people need to grow in the Lord. And so we need to, we need to stay doing what we are doing because there are people that need to be closer to the Lord Jesus. In fact, we're promised that this is going to happen to those that are saved in verse number 6 of chapter 1. Being confident of this very thing that He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So we're in a winning cause. There's nothing like playing a game you can't win. Nothing like being involved in an activity where you cannot succeed. But here Jesus says, if you're in the, if you're in the business of winning people to Jesus and helping people grow in their faith, you are in a, you're in a business that is guaranteed to succeed. Now, how many of you like being involved in something like that? You're involved in something that has absolute guarantee it's going to work. People are going to get saved. People, are going to, people who are genuinely are saved are going to grow. Ultimately, they're going to they're end up in heaven forever where, where, where they are going to be completed in Christ. 
And until then, it is our job and our responsibility to stay at the job so that people can be saved and people can grow. Folks, I like being on a winning team, and I like being around things that are winning and things that are developing and things that are growing. I want you to consider this. Do you realize that Amazon was just founded in 1995? Is that hard to believe? That is 29 years ago. Could you even try to imagine right now what your life would be like without Amazon? Now, if you don't use Amazon, please don't tell me that after the service because there's always one, okay? There's always somebody, you know, that I don't use it because, you know, whatever, and that's fine. But most of us, it started in 1995 as an online bookstore. Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, said he had this motto when he started, get big fast. Since then, the company has obviously morphed into an e-commerce colossus, selling literally everything. Groceries, furniture, live ladybugs. You know why it's named Amazon? It's named after the enormous Amazon River in South America because he believed this name would not box him in to one particular service. Since then, Amazon has grown to Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime Video, Amazon Kindle, Amazon Audible, Amazon Kindle Direct Publishing. It's acquired Zappos. It's acquired Whole Foods. Amazon now Pharmacy. Amazon Basics, where you can just get clothes that they make themselves. Batteries. Everything. Amazon Echo, Amazon Alexis, Amazon Photos, Amazon every stinking thing in the world, Amazon. I love it. Absolutely, I love it. Nothing has more revolutionized my life outside of Jesus and this kind of stuff, okay? I'm talking about nothing has more revolutionized my life. And the sky's the limit, right? Where is it going to stop? It's not going to stop. Are you kidding me? And it'll be pretty soon you order something, a drone's going to drop it on your door in an hour. And for some of you, you think that's the apocalypse. Well, you don't read the book of Revelation if you think that's the apocalypse. But I'm here to tell you, I think it's great. I don't grocery shop. I don't stand in lines. I don't do anything. But let Amazon bring it to me. It's just absolutely amazing. I'm just going to order something after church tonight just because. I don't even know what. I'm just going to, I'm going to throw something on there. And get it. What, what, an, what an amazing, you know, it's like it exploded on the scene and took over the world. Friend, I'm here to tell you something. What Jesus began in your life was far more explosive than the creation of Amazon. Folks, when he got involved in your mess, by the way, when he got involved in this church that could have easily closed its doors, something big happened. Something big happened when Jesus got involved in your life, in my life, and this church, and the River City Church. And I'm here to tell you, that's not going to stop. It will not stop. So what do we do? We remain. We continue. Because the work is never done. Let's pray together. I would encourage you tonight to take a moment and in a fresh way make a commitment to 
remain and continue. Just those two words. Locality and activity. Stay where you are, do what you do. Stay where you are, do what you do. Stay where you are, do what you do. I can't tell you how many times. In my life, even over these last eight years where I struggled and wandered and debated about what I'm supposed to do, and I just keep going back to this, just remain and continue. Remain and continue. Stay where you are, do what you do. Stay where you are, do what you do. Stay where you are, do what you do. I want to encourage the folks that are here at Hope Church, I want to encourage you to have that kind of attitude. Stay where you are, do what you do. River City, that's what we need to do. Stay where we are, do what we do. I want to encourage as the band comes and they are going to close us in a uh, song of invitation and worship. If you need to make a commitment to the Lord in that way, you can pray there with your family. You can come to this altar, these steps here. Make that commitment. Lord, I want to stay and I want to continue. I want to stay and I want to continue. May the Lord allow us to do that. Let's stand if we could for worship and prayer. And God bless you as you receive His Word.